Do you want to do the hello and welcome this is, or do you want me to? Hey, welcome. Uh, my name's Elliot. And I'm Audrey. And this is the Meet Your Heroes podcast, the podcast where we ignore the advice and get to know what big jerks your heroes really are. Yeah, the conventional wisdom of never meet your heroes does not apply here. Um, and it's all downhill from there. Yes, yes, <laughs> yes. Absolutely ignoring that advice to bring you the truth yes. about how terrible most people in general, but specifically most famous people in history actually are. Yes, because it turns out if you're going to be powerful, you have to want to be powerful most of the time. And sure. if you want to be powerful, it turns out there's a whole lot wrapped up in that. There's a whole lot wrapped up. And even if you don't know... Uh, how terrible you have to be to get power. A lot of folks, once they have it, become quite terrible as well. Yes. What's the saying? Uh, power corrupts and absolute power is awesome? Yes. Is that that's one. That's yeah, one. That's, that's one. Yeah. You just put that in the in history books attributed to you. Um, so speaking of terrible people in power, today we are going to talk about someone who one historian called a megalomaniac who wrought greater misery than any man before the coming of Hitler. Can we just pause and say that does not narrow it down a whole lot? <laughs> <laughs> it does not. Maybe these clues will help. He is a person who, at his very best, created a centralized banking system for his country. Alexander and... Hamilton? Yeah. Uh, wait, 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 wrong area. And wrong at area. his worst, spent 17 years waging war on countries, killing more than 6 million people. Uh... A couple million of them who were his own soldiers. Six million is a lot. Okay. Uh, there weren't probably that many people in America around Hamilton's time, so I'm going to... Okay, we got to dig back here. Right. Um, this is pre-Hitler area. <laughs> it's uh, pre-Hitler. Um, Romans, early America. Greece? Oh, early America. Okay. But not in America. Just Kinda time period. Europe. Uh, <laughs> uh, okay, so this person is Napoleon. Napoleon! Yes, yes. So... Before we talk about how terrible he is, I'd like to give him, um, you know, undue credit for the fact that this podcast exists. Sure. Like, why why is he on the list of potential heroes? Yeah. So the idea for this podcast came uh, post a museum tour that you and I went on where we spent um, like 40 bucks and three hours uh, on what we thought would be a historically accurate curated tour of this traveling Napoleon exhibit. Yeah. And it ended up being like three hours of uh, a professional woman who undoubtedly knows the history of Napoleon talking about how fantastic he was. Yeah. Sounded like a real stand up guy. Yeah. Showing off his, his opium tooth kit. Oh, that's right. I forgot the tooth kit. Um, yeah, and really just the entire exhibit, start to finish, made it seem like he was this fantastic person who um, did not wage war on countries, kill civilians, murder children, and then just like take land that didn't belong to him. Yeah, and I guess the assumption is if you're really into the Napoleon fan club, there's actually not a shortage of places you can go to get your fix. Right, right. <laughs> right. Um, so anyway, this podcast exists because I thought this, you know, this cannot be the way that people think about Napoleon, um, or other terrible people throughout history. But, uh, so here we are. Yeah, here we are. Yeah. But this podcast is not about how terrible, uh, we are. It's about other terrible people in history. And so. only indirectly about how terrible we are. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> I mean, I think the fact that this podcast exists and all the shit talking we do is clear proof that clear we are evidence, terrible yes, people, exactly. right? Um, 
All right. So Napoleon. Okay. So so can I just, if you were to ask me what I remember about Napoleon, I'm thinking, okay, uh, there was a long time where there was French fancy people, Marie Antoinette, mm-hmm. let them eat cake. Ooh la la. They did not take kindly to that after a while. We'll get Got... to that. We'll get to okay. that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so like, sure. I know that there's like this weird French revolution that was very violent. And then there's like, mm-hmm. afterwards, there's like other stuff that happened. And then there's like, you know, Macron. Um, that's like... <laughs> so yeah, we're going to get to the period between let them eat cake and Macron. Okay, good. Cause that's where I could do some gap filling. <laughs> right, right, right. Sure. So let's rewind back to about six or 1769. Um, August 15th, to be precise, the day very precise. <laughs> the day that Napoleon was born. Um, that makes him a Leo. Oh. I did a little digging, and according to astrologyk.com, as a Leo born on August 15th, um, this a person born on that day would be characterized by being highly ambitious, honest, and slightly stubborn. This person confronts life head-on and strives to reach new levels of success constantly. This person is goal-oriented goal-oriented and more than willing to put in the effort to reach their goals. Well, if that doesn't prove astrology is true, I don't know what I does. know, right? right? <laughs> so clearly it's written in the stars. Um, anyway, so Napoleon, we think of him as this quintessential French man, right? Yes. Right? He's... Quintessential short French man. Okay, so yes. But, <laughs> fun fact, he was not actually born in France. He mm. was born on the Mediterranean island of Corsica. Uh, he was born to a family of minor nobility. Um, that being said, he was also the second of eight children. His father was a lawyer and his mother was just like barely keeping it together with these eight kids. They were not wealthy. Okay. So, so like born to like minor nobles, like this is like lower middle class, I'm guessing in like this time period. Listen, I don't know the, the, uh, nobility chart. Okay. But it's, it is often noted that his family is of, I would say probably upper middle class. Okay. So they're like chilling and he's second to last like no no no, second from the top oh so he's second second of eight oldest okay yep so he um eight surviving children so some shit went down yeah it's rough for his mom i'll tell you what believe that um anyway so when he's young they're like there's too many fucking kids in this house they sent him to france that is where he learned french and he actually changed his last name to be more french Ah. Mm, so that's not his original last name posing already i know right um so he spends i don't know however many years there graduates from the french military academy in 1785 you can do the math he's like trying to yeah 16 yeah 16 moving on up doing doing the studies right so he's got this cool new french last name he just graduated the military academy it's it's like yeah i can see this now right and he goes on to become the second lieutenant in the uh artillery regiment of the french army Okay. So it's shooting some guns. So it's 1785, and right now you might be thinking it's really good that he has all this military training. Oh, 1785. Okay, so this is like right after the American Revolution on the other side. Okay, so 1776 is like mm-hmm. that's going on. They're like so the United States were like tweens. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? yeah got it. So like we're okay. coming to the revolution. He's like, okay, cool. Military's there, but like he's not even thinking about America. Yeah, because America's like did its thing, and French was helpful. Yeah. Thanks, France, back in the day. Cool. It, that's all over now. Cool. Yeah, right. But you might be thinking it's really good that he has all this military training because what you know about that time period is the French Revolution is right around the corner. Yes. Right? So the French Revolution kicks off with a bang, 1789-ish. Um, and you would think that this 20-year-old soldier who has all this training is 
like real hip and savvy would be on the front lines. Yeah, in the thick of this like political revolution, right? Trying to like mm-hmm. come to the enlightenment. Va- like yes, like there's going to be violence, but there's also going to be like culture making. There's going it's like a crucible yes. of history, front and center. Right, but this man, who some would consider to be the best war strategist of all time, actually spent the first four years of the revolution back home. Okay, right. Uh, so, so let's let's talk very briefly about the French Revolution, sure. just for some historical context, um, which is where I feel like I should make a really strong point that we're going to talk about a lot of geopolitical events. A lot of them happened. I don't know much about any of them. Okay. So this is the real (laughs) high level Cliff Notes version of what's going on. If there were, so for example, if we were trained historians, we would be disappointed in what we're about to say. Yes. If you are a trained historian, you're welcome to shout at us on Twitter. Uh, You can tell us how wrong we are. I, all I can tell you is what Wikipedia it, said. But what I can tell you also is an untrained historian. I have no objections. <laughs> no objections. <laughs> no objections. So if you're studying for uh, like your AP history test right now, don't take anything. Don't lock this in your deep memory. Yeah, why are you not really studying? This does not count. <laughs> Go back. You probably just Googled quick Napoleon bullshit. And because <laughs> of how our podcast is structured. Yes. Yeah. Go back and actually study. Thanks for the SEO. Anyway, so real quick aside about the French Revolution. Uh, it was a time where French citizens uh, redesigned their country's political landscape. They uprooted centuries-old institutions uh, like the monarchy and or absolute monarchy and the feudal system. It was caused by this widespread anger with the French monarchy and the poor economic policies of King Louis XVI. Those poor economic policies were basically uh, take all the money and do whatever I want uh, and everybody else can starve at school. Mm. Right. And so I can see why that wasn't super popular. Yeah. This is the time of let them eat cake. Uh, we can introduce the guillotine around this time. Yeah. Guillotine, Shout out to the guillotine. Not from the monarchy. This is from the people who are saying, wow, there's so many monarchs, yeah. so many noble people. There's too many of them with heads. With heads. Yes, <laughs> yeah, exactly. There's too many of these heads. So eventually, that's, that's all happening. It's the late 1780s. Uh, okay. This goes into the early 1790s. Um, and because of a whole bunch of things that happened, Napoleon's family ends back up in France. And Napoleon at that time is like, all right, cool. So I guess I'll help suppress this uh, royal insurrection. Wait, wait, wait. He's on the side of the monarchs in this. Um, no. So there's a lot of things happening, right? Um, basically, he positions himself such that as the monarchs are being wiped out, he's like, this seems pretty convenient that I could just swoop in here and lead all of these people. I'm going to play this. Basically what he does politically is what he did in war, which was let everybody else fight his battle, swoop in as the hero. Uh, So like, so he sits for first four years, he's back at the family estate Corsica, just chilling. And then right. as like finger to the wind. As soon as he sees which way it's going to be, he's like, okay. And now, Hey everybody, I'm Napoleon. Welcome. Hey, yep. Got it. Okay. Um, so this is how he becomes a major general. And, um, uh, yes, all of that back to the whole, this is not a comprehensive, maybe not even comprehensible <laughs> take on the history of France. Yes. But cut to 1795, Napoleon is, is in charge. So uh, Austria at Do this it, time... We just cut to Napoleon's in charge. He just like swooped back in and was like, mm-hmm. hey, got some military experience. Yeah. Like, He's see- like, I'm going to shore up all of this fighting. 
y'all want to bank? Hey, how do y'all feel about the metric system and these these people who have spent the ye like years just sweeping the blood of royals into the gutters are like, please, thank you, someone take over. Okay, so he's just, like, showing up at the end of, like, this tire... Like, people are just tired of, like, having to kill everybody. Mm -hmm. And they're like, somebody and, just... And he's not the only one, right? So it's not just him coming in as an absolute power. There are all of these new political systems being rebuilt. Um, he, at that point, is, like, leading the army. If you are leading the army, you have a lot of influence in the country. Eventually, yada, yada, yada. At some point, he becomes king. But it's like a whole thing, Okay, got it. Right? Yeah, got it. Um, does he become king? I don't know. He's on the throne. Yeah, he becomes king. He's crowned emperor at some point. Emperor. That's the right word. Um, okay. Wait, let's go back for a second. So we're not there yet. No, okay. we're not. You could stop interrupting me to talk about Napoleon I would, if you'd like. Sorry, the only time, the only time I'm interrupted is when I'm like, <laughs> wait, did I just follow the thread here? Okay, got it. I'm back with you. Yeah, we can draw a timeline on a piece of paper, and I'll take a picture and put it on our social media, cool. so that um, people who can't follow this nonsense that I've been spewing yes, for the last 15 <laughs> minutes um, can keep up. But anyway, so 1795 Austria, um, they're like, hey, these Italian territories, we want those. And the newly formed French government was like, mm, no, Napoleon, go stop that. And Napoleon, who had been studying war strategy, so he's like, I'm not just out here with a gun. Like, I have a plan of action. He's like, it's go time, bitch. Right? So he's, he's like rolling up on this Austrian army. Uh, so they spend months battling the Austrian army, racking up, quote unquote, victories all over Europe. And for a bloodthirsty sociopath like himself, life is good. He's feeling great. Um, and he's like, what is a 26-year-old army general to do but to marry this 32-year-old woman with teenage children? Oh, what? It's time to settle down. So <laughs> around this time, he marries Josephine. Okay. Again, we're in like 1796, just to positioned yourself on the timeline he marries josephine his first wife he uh is 26 again married military star life is gangbusters um around so lots going on all over the continent of europe but basically over those five years between 1795 and the early 1800s napoleon is busy consolidating 42 different legal systems into the Napoleonic Code. He is creating a centralized bank. He's rebuilding the army. He's creating the standardized system of measurement. And he's trying real hard to get his wife pregnant. Okay. We'll come back to that. Um, but let's fast forward. Sure. Okay. We're going to fast forward to 1803. In 1803, Napoleon uh, is ready to go conquer more countries and civilizations. Uh, the French army is being called back in. They have to go far-reaching parts of Europe and Asia and Africa. Were they getting called in to go out? Um, it's more like a calling from his heart. Oh, God. He, okay, okay, like, okay, okay. It's like a call of war saying, more power, please. Gotcha. Right, right? So, um, but after a decade of this revolution and all of this chaos, France is broke as fuck. So, mm. you know what happens in 1803? Mm, they get a credit card. Close. They sell Louisiana. <laughs> oh, that's right. The Louisiana Purchase. The Louisiana Purchase. America says thanks, France. <laughs> they do. France was like, we're not using what would, that. Where would we have been without Louisiana and 
parts of Texas and the Dakotas. You know where we would have been? We would have been in New York. That's right. honestly where we would have been. Right. Statistically speaking, everybody would have been And there. France was like, for the low, low price of $15 million, it's all yours. Still a great deal. Yes. Okay. So I did the math. Uh, adjusting for inflation, that's only $327 million. That's insanely cheap. It's <laughs> yeah. so cheap. Jeff Bezos, who we will probably get to on this podcast. <laughs> At some point. Yes. Could, ha- could buy it 519 times today. Today. Today, 519 Louisiana purchases. There's not enough land on Earth, is what you're saying. Just rolling in it. What we're saying is France really low by themselves. They were really desperate to kill people. So they just sold off this land that didn't matter to them. Yeah, because they weren't like raising money to like fight armies that were invading them. They were raising money to go fight people who were just minding their own fucking business. So basically, he sells this land um, that France stole Mm -hmm. uh, to a country. Let's not forget that. That was actively stealing more land. So that he could fund the Napoleonic Wars, which was basically a decade of major conflicts where they stole more land. Math checks out on that one. <laughs> yes. Like, plus, 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 right? Um, so the war really starts to pick up in 1805. Austria and Russia attack France. Yes. They're like, we do not like your growing influence in Europe and your ever-growing army. And we're coming for you. They don't sound fun at parties. No. Napoleon was like, hold my bicorn. Let's mm-hmm. do this. Yes. It's right? going. So he throws off his douchey little hat and they go to war now the british who are not ones to be left out of conquering countries and lands it's their game joins the fight um so for all of his talk of being this like brilliant soldier and strategist it's important to note here that napoleon got his ass whooped a lot a lot okay a lot just whooped up on a whole bunch, which is perhaps the root of what we now know as the Napoleon Complex. Oh, I thought, okay, so I think Napoleon Complex is being somebody who's very short and overcompensating. So, uh, I'm sorry, what does needlessly uh, murdering other countries to prove that it's like it's fine that you got your ass whooped before, but now you're in power? The short thing, we'll mm-hmm. get to that, is almost like an afterthought. Okay, so this is really so short thing is like a, like a better excuse for just getting whooped on. It's it's like a good metaphor for being someone who has something to prove, right? Mm-hmm. So it's um, he decides that it's time to really show people what he's made of, and he had something to prove. And so what he does at this point is he throws out all the rules of war. He ignores treaties and conventions. He um, just goes all in so this like military genius this strategy genius that he's known for um has actually is actually just pure brutality um and so he is playing this very different game than war has been played in the past he um takes people by surprise he doesn't mind killing civilians it's just totally ruthless unending um and so what War in the past, and again, I'm not a war historian, so don't ask me any follow-up questions to this next statement, but what had otherwise been a more precise strategy in the past for different armies is now just absolute plundering, Mm. right? And so he's riding in on his white horse, massacring large troops of people, and then is, you know, jumping ship. Um, 
So to the short thing, let's talk about this very briefly. Yes. Uh, it's pretty well known that he was a man of smaller stature. Um, and his height was routinely reported at 5'2". There's some debate over whether or not it could be up to 5'7". You have to remember at this time, they did not have a standardized <laughs> system of measurement. Oh, yeah. No rulers. No rulers. No tape measure. So, um, And the metric system that he introduced was uh, vehemently opposed by most uh, French people. Because, really? Yes, because it was new and, and complex, and it was... <laughs> think of all of the things that the government could tell you to do, and if one of them is measure differently you'd be like i'm Mm. sorry what (laughs) (laughs) i've seen it happen yes yes (laughs) Yes. as everyone's Um, fourth grade education will attest people don't take kindly to being asked to use the metric system (laughs) they they do not in fact i don't even know how to use the metric system um anyway so he's five two ish which to be noted is a relatively average size man for the time it's just that (laughs) So, first of all, it's just that he was shorter than most men in power, right? Uh. And so, when people met him, his his height, like, being oh. its height, was not remarkable. His height being a surprise yeah, was the like, remarkable oh, you're Napoleon? thing. You're... Oh, yes. Yes. Right. Oh, okay. So they were okay. so they were really surprised at like how unremarkable he was physically, um, especially relative to how sort of like his. Um, like his reputation preceded him as being this big, powerful man, but Shopping shit up. he was actually described as having a pretty sallow complex. Ooh. Um, in his youth, he was considered sallow being like a uh, yellow, pale, yeah, pale must, yeah. uh, greasy. Yeah. He's often described as like greasy. His hair was routinely described as unpowdered. Mm. So to me, I just think like greasy and. Um, brunette, which at the time was like, no, no, no. Okay, so like he would have done all right in 90s alternative music, but yes, at the yes, time, yes. like as a world leader in 1790s France, like mm-hmm. not the look you're going for. Primo Nirvana, <laughs> real rough Napoleon. Um, they, in his, like when he was younger, he was small and thin, uh, but as he aged, it was noted that he became, quote unquote, increasingly bloated and ill humored. <laughs> so I don't know if that's like, causation or correlation (laughs) or just there's a lot going on there that's a rough description for anybody at any point yeah uh another thing to note is that he was also just a fucking coward so he during all of these napoleonic wars sent others to die on his behalf uh hundreds of thousands of his own soldiers were killed we'll talk a little bit more about that in a second but when it got too dangerous or even just like too cold he later dazed out of there right um, so it's also around this time that, uh, 1805, 1806, okay. that he decides that he is too important to not have an heir. Mm. He, uh, hasn't been able to get Josephine pregnant. Um, but it should be noted some other man did twice. Okay. So, so that feels like your fault, Napoleon. Right. And also, Although t- here's, <laughs> here's the counter argument. He got a whole lot of his mistresses pregnant. Really? Yes. He had 22 mistresses. Oh, well. <laughs> Who's no, cute, but who's counting? Right, who's counting? <laughs> Recorded mistresses. We are. History uh, is counting. <laughs> right. But those children were, quote unquote, illegitimate. So he the kicks- Quote unquote them. slash, I think pretty straightforwardly by whatever definition you want to count legitimate. Like, if you're saying you want an heir to the throne and political marriage is important to you, yeah, I can see how that's a problem. Sure. But- uh, you know, he was a deadbeat, and that fucking sucks. Well, yes. <laughs> anyway, so he kicks Josephine to the curb. He's like, listen, lady, 
At this point, you're 42. I'm 36. Clock's ticking. I'm going to go ahead and marry this 19-year-old princess from Austria. Okay. Uh, had he already gotten her pregnant? Because it sounds like he, that was his style. He, he had not. He'd actually never met her. He married her by proxy. Sort of uh, alliance coalition. Like, I'm tired of getting my ass whooped by Austria. Mm. I need to shore this up. So he marries uh, Marie-Louise. And she's the daughter of the emperor of Austria. And the following year, she gives birth to his son, Napoleon. He later does recognize... Wait, his son, Napoleon. Mm-hmm. Didn't yeah. call him Napoleon Jr. That's they called crazy. him, <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> so we'll just say Napoleon II. Eventually, he is given the title of the King of Rome, but we're not yet to the nepotism part of Napoleon. Wait, 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 the the Napoleon the II. Yes, mm-hmm. Fast and Furious. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Tokyo Drift. Napoleon II <laughs> is actually given the title of the Emperor of Europe. King of Rome. Sorry, Napoleon II is eventually given the title of King of Rome. That's the one. Okay, got it. Um, it's, So it's also around this time when his son is born, he's got this teenage bride, mm-hmm. that Napoleon, the master of irony, mm-hmm. reestablishes a French aristocracy. Wait, after this whole fucking <laughs> yes. bullshit French Revolution where they're <laughs> yeah. like, let's just guillotine the aristocracy, get rid of the kings and queens. We are done with this. We are enlightenment ideals. We are going to be a democracy. We are going to be like on the forefront of human rights. Mm -hmm. And we've got Rousseau and the social contract. And now we're maybe that. Yeah. And now we're like, (laughs) oh, by the way. Yeah. Aristocracy sounded not so bad. Sounded not so bad because I need to give all of these people titles of nobility so that I can further consolidate my power um, and continue to expand my empire. Dick move. Yes. He gives titles to his brother, his brother, his brothers, brothers-in-law, uh, his son eventually. And um, as he's passing out these titer- titles, shit's going down with Russia. So it's, mm. you know, we're talking about like late 1810s. Okay. Or like early 18-teens. Um, and a whole bunch of political things are happening that we don't have time to talk about. But Napoleon at that point was like, bring me 600,000 men. It's time to go kill some Russians. Oh, okay. Right? And because Napoleon had gotten real sloppy and his war style had gone from strategic to this sort of brute force, just attack, massacre, Russia was like, ding, ding, ding. How about instead of battling him like fucking idiots... We just retreat and have them chase us deep into our home turf. Ah, uh, okay. Yeah. And so that's what they did. They Like a jujitsu kind of like, oh, just let your own energy carry yes, you. Yes, yes, yes. Deeper and deeper. Ooh. Yes. So they evacuated all of their major cities of all of the people. And they essentially lured 600,000 men deep into Russia. So what could go wrong just right. marching through Russia in the dead of winter? So France, it's not quite winter. We're going to get there. But France rolls into Moscow and the city is like abandoned. Mm. Uh, except for all of the Russian soldiers who light everything on fire. So now oh. <laughs> the French have no provisions. Okay. It's the middle of winter. That's a, By the way, just burning your own cities to the ground. Bold <laughs> choice here. Bold, Bold choice. <laughs> Bold choice. Um, Feels like a very Russian thing to do somehow, but this is good to know. Sure. I mean, sure. it is. This is why, this is why we history. Yes, this it's very is Russian. why we history. It is, it is a Russian thing to do, just burn everything to the ground. Good to know. Right. And so France, though, is like, we'll, we'll just wait this out. You know, 
uh, it's at this point, we're just going to, we've taken over Moscow. We've taken over your big city. Who wouldn't want Moscow? We're going to hang for like a month until you guys surrender. We're not going to give you back any of this land. And Russia was like, TikTok, we don't care. Wait till winter. And so. So wait, so they just let them hang out in Moscow. Big time. Big time. And so what they do is then Napoleon's troops become too cold and too hungry and uh, they decide to surrender and retreat. Well, wait, they're just sitting there, <clears throat> sitting in the city. They've won. They've captured Moscow, but it just so happens that it was burnt to the ground and they were like, oh, it's turns- not all of it burnt to the ground, but most of like the provisions, things they could subsist on, like all of it. Okay. So, right. so then they're sitting there and then nothing's happening and they're just like, mm-hmm. oh, we won. Cool. We'll, we'll just wait here until the Russians decide to surrender. Come back and say like, and- okay. And, yes. the, and they're still sitting there, and then it starts getting colder and colder and colder. Mm-hmm. And then it's getting colder, and they're like, mm-hmm. oh, they're not coming back for this place. They don't want it either. And they're like, okay, we give up. Please help us. Yes. And so then they retreat. And here's where it gets wait, really so, interesting. So, so, here's where it gets interesting. As they retreat, Russia was like, gotcha, and wiped out 500,000 of the people on their trek back to France. Oh, that's a cold move. That's <laughs> so, a cold move. <laughs> it's cold. So they evacuated all of these soldiers, and then they just put them back on the return path. So once Napoleon and his crew got too cold and started to come back, and they, at this Boy, point they were so, starving cold. So as they're walking cold. back to France, because they're like, fuck, we're out of Moscow, yes. then they run into all the Russian troops? <laughs> yes. Okay, got it. Oh. Yep. And so at this point, Smooth move, Napoleon. Napoleon rolls back into France with only 100,000 people. Well, he made it out. Those 500,000 of the 600,000 did not, but he did. Yes, nail on the head. Um, and at this point, <laughs> people of France are just tired. They're so tired. They're just like Napoleon. You know who's tired of his bullshit? Get the fuck out of here. 500,000 people who died just now. Yes. That's, let's, half a million, half a million soldiers anywhere. Like, it's a lot of soldiers. Yes. Yes. So, uh, they sent him to the Mediterranean islands. He's exiled. He has to abdicate his throne. Napoleon goes to this island. He's chilling. He is like, this is boring. So within a year, he rebel rouses a thousand people, escapes the island, goes back to France, uh, and at that point, he somehow forces the new king out, who's just had his throne for however long. Ever Less since than a year. He got right? sent to the island, I guess, right? And then, like a totally normal, totally stable genius, he decides to seek revenge on this coalition of European forces, you know, from way back when they did him wrong. Playing the hits. Yep. So he goes to, to fight, and day one goes all right for him. He's got this new built-up army. His preemptive attack on Prussia is um, victorious. He has come in. Preemptive, and, oh, it's preemptive attack, meaning they he, were gonna they were gonna come back for him. But so, there's like a lot going on. So here. he got kicked out to the island, comes back, and then he's like, "I'm gonna go invade these people." And he just like jump from the jump, just invades them. They had not been aggressive. He's just like they were about to be aggressive, but there's just too much to talk about there. Okay. And he was like, "No, not today." I'm coming for you. So day one goes well. Day two goes well. Day three, the British are like, fuck you, Napoleon. God damn it. And they just wipe him out. Totally obliterate his army. And so he goes back. And you would think, like, after 17 years of war, he would be dead. Right? You would think, like, he's been in all of these fights. He has been on the front lines. He's leading these battles. Sounds like he's very good at hiding in the back here. Yes. (laughs) So he hasn't even been hurt. Right? Um, and that's because he's a punk ass bitch. He didn't fight in any of these battles. And so eventually after a few million deaths, like six and a half million, 
where like half of those are thought to be his own army and potentially civilians. Uh, he comes back to France after being defeated. And the French people were like, Napoleon, you're a punk-ass bitch. Get out. Yeah, it turns out your only move is to just go and have a bunch of our guys die, trying to kill a bunch of the other people guys. We're and then, broke. And then just to come tired. back and be like, sorry, didn't work out. Right. JK. Right. They missed the days of starving for bread and eating cake. Right? Yes. <laughs> yes. So they uh, force him to abdicate. They exile him again. Uh, he Second exile. How many people can say that second right? exile? Right. Double exile. It's the name of his band. And so he goes to this island where he just like obsessively writes his own biography, all of the like I'm stories. Not a punk ass bitch. I'm really great. <laughs> yes, this just like this. Yep. And six years later, he dies. Uh, probably not as painful as de- death as he deserved. Um, probably painful, but not as painful. Yeah, it kind of got off easy after people marching through the snow getting snuck up on by Russians and yeah. all the other yeah yeah so at this point he's dead and in conclusion he was a sociopathic philandering bloodthirsty mediocre white man but at least we have a bank in France da, 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 da. <laughs> <laughs> yes I think it is fair to say Napoleon sucks. Should not be your hero. Yes. Yeah. Napoleon is terrible. Anyway, so that's him. Well done. But we have others coming in the coming weeks. Yeah, please. And um, we'd love to hear from you all who you would like for us to cover. Um, and there are many ways you can get in touch with us. So yeah. you could follow us on social media, for example. At Your Heroes Pod on Instagram and Twitter. That is at Your with the Y-O-U-R. No just Don't confuse the folks. Okay. <laughs> at Your Heroes Pod on Instagram and Twitter. Or you can go to our website, meetyourheroespodcast.com. From there, you can find links to our social media. Um, and you cannot call us at 1 800 Your Heroes Podcast. We don't have that number. We do not have that number. We do not. If you own 1 800 Your Heroes Podcast.com, we would love to get it from you for free. Um, I don't want that because I don't even answer phone calls. Yeah. Oh, we're not going to answer any calls there. We'd just love to say we had <laughs> okay, that phone sure, number. sure, sure. Sure. So there's a form where you can send us recommendations. We'd love it if you would um, check that out. Follow us on social media. Share with your friends. And come back next week. Yeah. Stay heroic. Thanks for don't. listening. No. <laughs> no. <laughs> don't. No. Here's the tagline. You ready? I just, it came to me. Don't be a hero. Don't be a hero. <laughs> Goodbye. <laughs>